गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबडी आई स्नेग्धा शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड टेंथ नवम्बर टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोज हु डू नॉट हैव टाइम टू रीड न्यूज पेपर दैम सेल्स द एनालिसिस ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड हैप्पी प्रिपरेशन The first article of the day is the real significance of the bidden win. Its impact on ties with the New Delhi apart, it is more about whether it can re-energize India's democratic values. The Indian media has analyzed the impact of Joe Biden's presidency on relations between the United States and India in some detail. Most commentators are right in saying there will be little overall change and what there is might be marginally beneficial India will remain a potentially in a troubled neighborhood defense and counter terrorism cooperation will continue as will trade negotiations and there will be greater potential for cooperation on climate change they're also right in saying that there will be no more free passes for the narendra modi administration on human rights in particular the targeting of muslims islam in kashmir and right too in saying that while the bidden presidency will raise these issues over the indian counterparts they will not significantly impact on other areas of cooperation spotting the nuance yet In making these points most commentator missed the nuance contrary to BJP's projection US India ties did not strengthen under the Modi Trump administration Trump weakened the US ties to most countries and India was no exception the only moment at which US India ties really did display strength was during the Singh Obama administrations at that moment India was no longer a potential ally for the US it was an ally period it is not that both countries did not strive for better ties earlier since the cold war ended the two countries have stressed common interests but the process of outlining and acting upon these interests has been frustratingly slow the first breakthrough came during the clinton vajpayee years but they were in the nature of getting to know each other bill clinton was eager but india's traditional caution coupled with atal bihari vajpayee's long silences baffled us policy makers manmohan singh's willingness to stake his entire political capital on the US India civil nuclear agreement made US policy makers a sit up but the timing was off the bush administration depend on pakistani cooperation for its war in afghanistan and india's importance was mostly as a lever to pressure pakistan the chief progress was in trade and it was considerable with us india trade hitting close to 40 billion dollars the obama era it was only when mr obama was elected president in 2009 with mr biden as vice president that ties truly deepened between 2009 and 2014 us india trade nearly doubled the us agreed on a strategic partnership with india supported india for permanent membership of the un security council and the nuclear suppliers group 
helped it became a member of East Asia Summit, promoted India engagement in Afghanistan, and opening to Central Asia, encouraged the European Union to engage more closely with India and strengthened military-to-military ties in the Indo-Pacific region. Post 2014, when the Modi administration came to power, most of these initiatives whittled down, including even counter-terrorism cooperation. U.S. military strikes were uh, strategy were surprised by the weak weakness of India's surgical strikes on Pakistan in 2016 and 2019. This year, they were astonished by the Modi's, Modi's administration's acquiescence on Chinese intrusion into Ladakh, arguably the gravest security threat to India since the 1962 Sino-Indian War. While the US military will continue such important symbolic gesture as joint exercises with Indian military, few US strategies see India as a major security asset in Asia. Even trade, though it continued to grow between 2014 and 2019, grew at a slower rate than in the preceding five years. A time of value sharing. In other words, the high point of the US-India relationship occurred when both countries were governed by liberal democrats. Values do not matter, despite what purported realists say. Indeed, they matter so much when two countries share common values, the benefit accrued to the ordinary citizen. Manmohan Singh's administration may take the greatest share of credits for lifting hundreds of millions of Indians into the middle class, but it it is also true that he was aided by the Obama administration's support for his cause. Indeed, it was President Clinton who first made support for such a cause a key part in the US-India policy as it did for US-Africa policies. Issue of right and a message Clearly, the Biden and Modi administration will not share common values. While this gap may not directly impact US-Indian ties, it will surely do so indirectly. Speculations on whether the Biden presidency will mount pressure on India's lamentable state of human rights, which now rivals that of the McCarthy era, is already rife. India is not high on the Biden-Harris list of priorities, which is stopped by dealing with COVID-19, holding domestic divides, reviving the US economy, repairing ties with Europe involving a calibrated China policy, rejoining multilateral initiatives such as climate change, reinstating the Obama-era Iran policy, and further peacemarking in Afghanistan. So the Modi administration has some time to put its house in its least token order on human rights should the Prime Minister wish to do so. That is, if big if, but it would make a big difference, not only in terms of much-needed human rights reforms and especially in the case of Kashmir, political rights. At a time when the COVID-19 pandemic has driven so many economic inwards and virtually devastated our own, a US-India business as usual approach will not help. We need countries that will actively work with us to revive our economy, even if their own benefits is less than ours. For a troubled Democrat such as myself, however, the real significance to this US election is not how it will impact US-India ties, but whether it can re-energize our democratic values. 
Mr. Biden Sovereign shows that even under an autocratic administration and deeply polarized society such as the US had appeals to unity based on compassion decency and hope as Kamala Harris put it can succeed this is a lesson that our opposition parties independent institutions and civil society should take to heart as we slide rapidly into autocracy Uh, we are deeply polarized as the us if not more we desperately desperately need leaders who will appeal to a better rather than baser, baser uh, instincts it would give our opposition leaders inspiration that the biden harris message of healing civility and responsibility instantly struck a chord they too can refuse to sing to the era of demonization Hence, Mr. Biden put it, no matter how much our hateful trolls are trying to draw them in. Our last takeaway: our judiciary and media can draw their own lessons from the U.S. examples, where so many state-level courts and the national media fought back against Mr. Trump's attempts to court them. They paved the way for this election results, and for those of us members of civil society who care, here is a comforting Biden-Harris message: all is not lost; it never can be. Maybe Bihar will reinforce the point. Radha Kumar is a writer and a policy analyst. The next article of the day is Under Biden Unfurling India's a Foreign Policy Concern. After good ties with Trump, New Delhi must track how the new administration deals with China and Iran respectively. This article is written by Chinmaya R. Kare Khan. Nobody in the world is going to be sad about the US President Donald Trump leaving the White House next January, except most likely the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. They had close links. Mr Trump's only real achievement in foreign policies were the agreement on establishment of diplomatic relations that he negotiated between Israel and the couple of Gulf states. These will not be affected by the change in the presidency. The Saudis too will miss him. Perhaps not as much as Mr Netanyahu. They had in Mr Trump someone who had hated Iran and as much as perhaps even more than the rulers of saudi arabia the saudis and mr netanyahu cannot be sure what policy president elect joe biden will adopt on the question of west asia peace plans and the nuclear deal with iran and the joint comprehensive plan of actions jcpoa which president barack obama negotiated when mr biden was the prime uh, was the vice president For us in India there are two foreign policy issues which are of great concern and interest China and Iran in that order for the world the equation between the United States and China may be the relationship of the greatest consequence for India the most consequential relationship is not with the US as it sometimes claims but with China what happens in greater west asia will always remain of concerns to us since we have a huge stake in that region but those interests will not be affected one way or the other by who lives in the white house 
quad dynamics and china and the trump years india got into a pretty close embrace with the us it signed all the foundational agreements with america and bought billions of dollars worth of military hardware from them the armed deals with the us are a unique example when the country that buys a tens of billion worth of arms had to be grateful to the vendor who it is a well known fact that but for these sales the military industrial complex in the silla countries will not be able to sustain itself we resisted converting the quad into a primarily military or strategic grouping or china perceives it to be and is in fact aimed slowly at containing china the quad is an anti china coalition how far it can be successful in containing the dragon remains to be seen the outgoing us secretary of state and the deputy were quite candid in declaring that india needed america as an ally and that the quad will have to be formalized in future in other words the quad will have to be institutionalized and expanded by adding additional members such as taiwan and south korea As the external affairs minister has stated India will not join in a military alliance that might remain the case in form but given the fact that all the other three and perhaps five or six in future are already in strategic alliance with one another and with the US and it is highly highly likely that India too will be forced to agree to some form of military alliance at a future date the government must have come to the conclusion that we are simply not in a position to deal with china on our own and that we need external support even jawaharlal nehru the architect of non alignment asked the americans for help at the time of war with china in 1962 There is nothing wrong per se in asking for support to protect our territorial integrity although it is evident that all these initiatives such as the quad are maritime agreements and do not have much bearing on a dispute with China which is continental in nature the satellite imagery which the us may provide in terms of the latest agreements concluded the us that is beca the basic exchange and cooperation agreement for geospatial cooperation might be useful but it does not re- not negate the premise that no external powers would want to get involved on our side in case of major hostilities over china on the other hand if there is a major skirmish or wars in the south china sea the other members of the quad will expect us to join them in fighting china in an area far removed from our shores in addition to israel and saudi arabia Indian leaders also may miss Mr Trump if Mr Biden adopts a more conciliatory approach towards China we may find ourselves in a difficult situation since the US under whatever presidency will strictly follow its interest and may stage a somersault we will be left alone in our confrontation with China It is generally agreed that the US has always needed an external enemy to keep its foreign policy focused but that has not been the case so far with us. 
In any case, we have the other in the shape of Pakistan, Mr. Jipartha Sarthi, a very influential advisor to Mr. Indira Gandhi, Mrs. Indira Gandhi, once told me that it is good for India to always have some tension with Pakistan. Do we need another other in the shape of China? We do not want China to be permanently hostile to us. It will absorb huge resources, human and material. In evoking foreign threats with tough rhetoric might help domestically, but not always and not for long. The strong rhetoric employed in relation to China will need to be tempered. Public opinion which has been worked up against China may make it difficult to do so immediately, but the government is efficient in managing and molding public opinion. Handling Iran As for Iran, the other issues where Mr. Biden's policy will be of great interest to us, it may be difficult for Mr. Biden to quickly reverse Mr. Trump's adventurist policy towards Iran. It may not be possible given the domestic compulsion to re-adopt a JCPOA in its original form, but he will surely, if slowly, engage Tehran in talks and negotiations through Oman or some other intermediary to reduce tensions in the region. We should hope that he will not maintain the harsh unilateral sanctions that Mr. Trump imposed on Iran. We may be able to buy Iranian oil and sell our pharma and other goods to that country. The government may also feel less constrained in investing openly in oil and other infra projects in Iran, which included the rail project in which Indian Railways Construction Limited has been interested. The government need not feel disappointed at Mr. Trump's defeat. After all, he too was not all that sentimental about India. He did threaten us with consequences if we did not give hydrochlorics chloroquine pills to America. Chinmaya R. Garikhan, a former Indian ambassador to the United Nations, was special envoy for West Asia in the Manmohan Singh government.